living in darkness. It's a term we hear often, even some of us feel at times that we're experiencing. But I'm not sure any of us have really experienced the real darkness Isaiah might be talking about. The glory that had been Jerusalem when David and Solomon reigned were gone. Judah is not important and the people know it. The northern kingdom has fallen to Assyria and has ceased to exist. Taxes are high, they're living in humiliation, there's cruelty and oppression. Isaiah, in the previous chapter, feels like God has turned his face away. But he waits. He waits. I'm not sure we can say that we live in a world where we feel that oppressive darkness every minute of every day, where we fear for our lives. I admit that there are times that I feel like our world has darkness, but a different type of darkness. I don't live in constant fear or worry. I realize a lot of times we think it's dark when our problems occur, but one of my favorite phrases, newer phrases this day and time, is that mostly I know I have first world problems. But then there is darkness that takes us by surprise and changes what seems like a light-filled day and thrusts us into darkness. A mass shooting in a school. An earthquake in a land that is just recovering from a mass, massive hurricane. Sudden illness of a loved one or even that slow illness that takes its toll on family and friends. Maybe a devastating accident, a terrible act of violence, the explosion of a warehouse that devastates homes and lives for miles, fires that spread across whole countries or states, destroying homes and wildlife and land and people fights between two groups of people, both of whom are intelligent, well-meaning people, but they're not willing to listen to one another and find answers. I could go on and on, as I know you could. We've all experienced so many different things that cause us to fall into darkness, the type of darkness Isaiah is talking about. If I'm honest with you, there are Sundays that I allow myself to feel darkness creeping in because of our numbers. And the fact that we live in a world now where people don't feel like they need to worship together. I try to take just a moment during our prayer time to say, God, help me look not at the numbers or the empty spaces, but to look at the people who are here and the people who want to worship you. Help me speak the words you feel like they need to hear. And I know that we are like so many other churches in our community. 
The need for people to be a part of a church is dropping in every year. Research is telling us that people are getting their religious needs met in other ways. In this particular time, people don't want to connect face to face. They want to connect like this. Our darkness is different. But that doesn't mean that Isaiah doesn't speak to us today. Isaiah, waiting in the darkness, proclaims to the people that God's face will shine again. Isaiah, as part of the community, living with the people in the darkness, speaks with authority and passion and confidence that God isn't finished. The people need to hear from Isaiah, and I think the people today need to hear from each one of us that God is not finished. Our work is not over. Isaiah didn't try to make light, pardon the pun, he didn't try to make light of what the people were going through. He told the truth. Not that everything was hunky-dory, but that God was going to act. That God was still God and God wasn't through. Hope is a critical part of our faith journey of healthy living. Salvation rests on our ability to hope. We see it all the time in the Bible. In Egypt, the faithful hoped that God would come and save them. In the wilderness, the faithful hoped God would get them to the promised land. In captivity, the faithful hoped God would deliver them. Hope is the very foundation of our faith, and when we allow it to slip away, we're plunging ourselves into darkness, and that kind of darkness is difficult to pull ourselves out of. I admit that there are days that it would be easier to stay in bed and pull the covers up and not listen to the news and not watch TV and not look at the paper and not look at my computer or phone and just sit and forget that the world we live in has all the problems and stay in my own cocoon. But that's not living. That's hiding. I was thinking about our Christmas Eve service. Well, really all of our Advent service. But we go through those four weeks of Advent and our Christ candle is never lit. It's dark. And it seems so strange each week to sit here without that tiny little flame. It feels dark. But on Christmas Eve, when we gather together and we light that candle, and then we take that candle and we pass the light to everyone in the room, and this whole sanctuary glows with so much beauty and power and hope. I usually stand at the back of the sanctuary after I've passed the light 
and I hear the singing and I watch the people and at that moment I have the most hope for our world as my whole year because we have a room full of people who know that Christ came to this world for us to give us the kind of hope we need to shine his light into the darkness so that we can see the promise of peace and love, not just for today, but for eternity. We're just about ready to enter into Lent. Lent is when we do the exact opposite. The world takes the light of Christ and blows it out in an attempt to end the reign of Christ. But Easter morning, we come in and the light is lit and it's an eternal flame that we carry with us all year long. The symbolism that we have in church is just that, it's symbols. But they say so much about what we believe and so much about the hope that we carry through our lives. While it may seem rather easy to stand here as your pastor and say, all is going to be fine. We're all good. God has a plan. I'm excited about the future. I need you to know it's not that easy. I do believe that God has a plan for this church. I believe that God has a plan for me and for each one of you. I do believe that the future is beautiful and glorious, and I am excited about the possibilities. When we had our retreat a few weeks ago, the excitement and the hope in the room was palatable. Yes, we spent some time talking about our weaknesses and areas of concern. But mostly I felt such hope in how our council felt about our future. A new day is coming. You can feel it. But let me tell you something. It's not going to be easy. We can't walk into this room every Sunday morning and just expect it to be different. I don't believe there's going to be this moment in time where all of a sudden people are going to flood into our church. Is that possible? Sure, but it's probably not likely. Chances are nothing is going to happen here if we're not willing to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? The kingdom of God is not going to spread in Austin, Texas, or in the United States, or in the world until the people of God stand up and say, here I am, use me. And I know that most, mostly right now, I'm talking to the choir. You're here. You're the faithful. You know what I'm talking about. Probably some of you are saying, I don't know what else I can do. I'm here. I've tried. I've been doing church for decades. I'm too old or I'm too tired or I don't know many people or I'm too shy. 
I can go on and on and so can you. And you're right. We've all been at this a while, but God's not through with us. None of us. We're in it for the long haul, and it may be a long haul. You may be saying to yourself, well, Cheryl, you've been on this subject a few weeks. What's the deal? Well, the deal is that Highland Park is ready for a new day. The council's been working on some exciting plans. In February, on the 23rd to be exact, we're going to have a Sunday where we're going to talk turkey about some of this. I'm going to share some research and some things the council talked about. And on March 1st, we're going to roll out some new ideas. And then after church, we're going to ask you to meet together for lunch and to divide up into different service groups and figure out how we can move forward. And each and every one of you have a role to play in those plans. If you haven't picked a service group you want to work in, well, it's not too late. Send a text or call the office or fill in one of the forms that's still in the back. I know this isn't easy. God didn't call us to easy. I, re I remind you of this phrase often. Jesus said, take up your cross. Not take up your tennis shoes. <laughs> Not take up your recliner. He said, take up your cross, and that's not easy. Even the fire people agree. <laughs> Nothing is going to change until we're ready to say, God, what do you want me to do? And believe me, if you're asking, you're going to find out. It's a new day. I pray that you're willing to step into the light, God's light, the hope of tomorrow. And I hope you can be excited about what Highland Park can be and will be if we're all willing to do our part. Amen. And amen.